Hi there, and welcome to Football First, Everything Else Second. I'll be your host, Mazum Ayub. And this is the first podcast I've ever done. So uh, excuse me for not being as good as Joe Rogan, all right? Cut him some slack. He's been doing it for like 10 years. I made this podcast because it's really kind of my life story. Uh, everything I've done and currently am doing is put on hold as soon as I know that there is a decent football match that I can watch live. And I thought I'd do something with all the knowledge I've gained from years of watching football, you know, reading articles about it, and even individually analyzing players and teams from across the world. Yeah, I do love football that much. So I've created some segments for the show, and I think they'll be really interesting, and they'll make people who uh, watch football or don't watch football bigger fans than they already are of the sport. My partner in crime for most of the podcast is likely to be Rayanullah Siddiqui, better known by his nickname, Kati, who is another football addict, just like me. But make no mistake, we are nothing alike. And I wanted him on the podcast because his opinions are likely to instigate quite a few heated conversations between us that, you know, I'm going to try my best to keep respectful because he definitely won't. The first segment is going to be a rundown of the results of the biggest games from the week gone by. And with the Bundesliga well underway, that will probably comprise the majority of this segment for the next two weeks until the Premier League restarts. And I can finally go back to watching my favorite team, which is Arsenal. In the second segment, both me and Kati will award a player of the week and team of the week to the best performing in each of those categories from the match week gone by. And it'll be up to you who's listening to this to select who you think was the right choice. The third segment might be my favorite. We will choose one under 23 talent every single week and argue why this player might be a star in the making. You probably won't have heard of them, and that's exactly the point. If they do become stars, then we're going to feel like somebody at a top club around Europe should hire us for scouting. But if they don't, well, we might get some hate from our peers, but it's not like they don't berate us already for our insane football opinion. So win-win situation, but, you know, you get to know more. That's the whole point. And we're going to end the podcast with some personal questions or updates on our personal lives and what we are up to. And I hope you enjoy it. Please leave a like, share it with your friends, and let us know how we can improve. Uh, let's get on with the weekly roundup. We start off the weekly roundup with easily the biggest game of the weekend as Bayern took on Dortmund in a top-of-the-table clash, which, if Dortmund won, would have put them within a point of Bayern at the top of the table. Sadly, however, they had to ruin the only good title race Germany has had in the past few years, in my opinion. But, you know, uh, that's just what I think. So what do you think of the game, Karte? Because I thought that was a really cagey game that on another day Dortmund could easily have won if they just got the final ball right. Um, well, so, Pelle, though, I disagree. I don't really think that the title race is over yet. Uh, here we go again. I did not think that Dortmund would have won the title anyways. Um, Dortmund's January signings were good, but I do feel that they strengthened in areas that they didn't really need to strengthen in. Um, Julian Brandt was a good signing, and he was a bargain, so it was Thorgan Hazard. But if I was in the stead, I would instead have spent more on defensive reinforcements, particularly wingbacks. Because you saw in this game that because they had so many attacking players on the pitch, even though they did bench Jaden Sancho, 
their build up was quite terrible because that last ball to find the attacker who would score the goal just wasn't present yeah and, i completely agree and i do think that if there's somebody who can actually dethrone bayern it is going to be leipzig and this might just be their only chance of doing so if werner is moving to liverpool next season which looks very likely yeah and But, i thought the half time substitutions were really odd i mean i thought julian brandt had a good half that if he just got a couple of his key passes right towards the end of the play that they easily could have gotten one or two goals i remember he cut back across from the edge of the box like kevin de bruyne often does for man city but just missed time the ball over i think if he just got that right that uh, could have made a big difference but you know he got hooked at half time which was odd to say the it's least a, it's also very interesting that brandt is playing in a completely different role than he used to at liverpool so considering the fact that Dortmund has about five players, all of which are now preferred to play on the wing. It's really difficult for Lucien Favre to choose. So I empathize with Lucien Favre as he puts up his eleven, right? Because none of these players really want to play in the center. So everyone who does play in the center is forced to. Because fair Favre... enough, but Julian Brandt is, you know, he is a ten. He, I see him more as a ten at least. You know, that's just that's just how I see him as a player. The way he moves around. And plus, when you've got Jadon Sancho, Thorgenazer, Gio Reyna, you're likely not to play him on the wing in that situation. The thing with Brandt is that Brandt shifted more to a ten once Kai Havertz was introduced in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. So Brandt has always been a winger. He was a winger in the Euros as well. That's basically where he made his name. He made his name at the Under 23 World Cup, and he plays as played as a winger there. um i think he's not been given enough game time in that role and because fabra is basically fabra cannot tell sancho to play anywhere else than he actually does yeah yeah so he just moves around the pitch however he pleases so because he is that team's messi you could you don't tell messi where to play messi does it yeah yeah that's true and that's why i think brand has become the victim of being the pawn that fabra yeah 100% 100% that that father uses to fix all the problems that is coming up right yeah. uh what what i was really impressed by was how bayern were faster than dortmund in terms of build up play now dortmund have been extremely fast across the season that's the that's how they built up their team fast build up play and that's how they get into the box and that's how they score you saw it against schalke where they ended up scoring four goals somehow even though that was a very disappointing result for me but uh that's what dortmund historically good at and considering bayern with considerably slower players because yeah if, yeah, you, if, if you evaluate bayern squad it is not even close to in terms of pace to what dortmund have because the players are one play they play a completely different style and secondly most of them are not older but uh what we saw is that bayern made considerably more sprints they were a lot faster their passing was a lot more accurate and what i was impressed by was that their passing was risky so if you actually evaluate the goal the first yeah that was part, a very good move that was a very good yeah. move yeah so it's uh, so i think we were all talking about that once you know kovac has left and i think pochettino is necessary and bayern need an established coach I really do not think Bayern need to hire another coach because I'm really impressed by how Bayern are going at the moment, 
and Bayern are a club that don't really care about their brand image, right? They're not a Juve, they're not a Madrid, they're not a PSG. What they care about is results, and their mm. form has been exceptional right now. So I would, if I was a betting man, I would say Bayern's winning the league definitely. But yeah, of course. I I I just thought such an impressive performance against from Alfonso Davies. He has been a monster from left back. I've been watching Alfonso since he has MLS. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I've, he was uh, insane, and he's averaging averaging three point three dribbles this season from left back, which is just you know that's just elite numbers from someone who's nineteen years old. But I think that someone, one player that has impressed not just across the season but for the past few seasons, is Joshua Kimmich. That's that's and just you know, of course the perfect Philip Lambert replacement. Yeah, the coincidence that the academy had to produce him as soon as Lam retired. I mean, that's just... A right-back who is a perfect CDM. And yeah. a fast CDM is very difficult to find. So, if you talk about fast CDMs, the best CDM in the world right now is most probably Fabinho, right? And... He- oh, wow. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, I'm, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> but most finding a really fast CDM who is trained in defensive duties with such accurate passing is really difficult to find. And I think that Kimmich, now more than Lewandowski, Kimmich is now Bayern's star player. Oof. That, that, that's a bit of a hot take considering the form Lewandowski's been in this season. Yeah, but I'll, I'll give you it because I feel like if anyone, nobody expected that goal to come from where it came from. That was an audacious attempt, to say the least. But, you know, unfortunately, it led to Bayern carving out a seven-point gap at the top that you would, you know, you'd doubt that they're going to lose out on. It's also because uh, Leipzig ended up drawing this week, which is... they've They've been in quite bad form since they came back from the break because of the pandemic. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking because um, Leipzig were the one who, ones who looked most likely to beat Thrown Bayern, and then you had Gladbach, but Gladbach have fallen off a cliff. That was yeah, they've fallen off a cliff. cliff. Absolutely, another team that had a pretty decent chance at some point to contend for those spots Bayern. was Bayer Leverkusen, who shockingly yeah. enough slumped to a four-one defeat at home. Um. Acha, so I think that the squad selection for this game was very surprising and, in my opinion, absolutely terrible. Um, I do not think Kai Havertz is mature enough to start as the sole striker. I agree. When- I, I think they lose out on a lot in the midfield when he moves up to play as sort of a false nine. And when you're playing a team which is as attack-minded as... Wolfsburg is, that's a very terrible decision. Also, why would you bench your best defender while playing an attacking team? Jonathan Tah was not on the pitch. That oh, he was is... fit? I had no idea. I had no idea he was fit. Yeah, Jonathan Tah was fit. He was in the substitutes. He was listed as the substitutes. But oh, Dapsova played instead of him. Yeah, and that makes no sense to me. Okay, and... I really think that these people need to look for a Bellarabi replacement. Bellarabi is past his prime. He cannot play a fast-paced game. Like, that is just not possible. 
And mm-hmm. when we talk about fast pace, considering that this team had 36% possession and ended up putting four goals against Leverkusen, Leverkusen need a defensive backup. And they need to sign a couple more players. Their academy isn't producing at the rate that it used to, and their finances are in trouble. So if anything, they need a couple of bargains if they want to compete for Champions League football, because right now that looks like a long shot. Because even Hoffenheim look in a better state than they are. I mean, you say they need a Bellarabi replacement, but with the emergence of Moussa Diaby and the lack of clubs being able to afford the the price tag that's been set on Leon Bailey for this window, I think they at least have uh, two good wide midfielders for the season that's going to come up. Uh, that's understandable, but however, it's the same as the Dortmund conundrum. Like when two players were exceptional, want to play in the same position, who do you sacrifice? You'd switch because one over to the other side. Game, I think I think you might see a bit more from Leon Bailey playing on the right, cut, cutting in onto his left foot. I I think that's in this an game interesting you saw... prospect. Clearly, he's never played that often in that position in his career. In this game, Diaby started off and then Bailly ended up replacing him, right? And honestly, in my opinion, I thought that surprisingly, Diaby was a much better player in that position mm. than Bailly was. I don't know if Bailly was having an off game, but uh, I watch a lot of Bundesliga, as you know, that's my main league. Mm. And overall, ever since this guy has come out of the Parisian Academy, I've seen him grow into a and matured into a much better player. And I would actually say that selling by at the price point that he would be available at and getting two good young midfielders point, you know, taking some sort of a Dortmund strategy would not be a bad idea in this case because by would go for an easy fifty million. Yeah, but the problem with coronavirus is no one is really ready to put in that kind of cash at this point with most clubs looking for Swap deals and whatnot, but I guess I guess that's for another day. You know, if you if you really want to play Kai Havertz as a false nine, I would highly recommend them going. Leverkusen going to Dortmund and being like, "Listen, you're giving Godze away for free, right?" Yeah, and then negotiating the wage with Godze and getting hmm. Godze to play for Leverkusen as a ten because one. He would complete. He would come. Yeah, he would completely suit the system. And secondly, um, he would much prefer playing in Germany than going abroad, because that's something we've seen in several German players. There are only a few German players that you can name who have had high-profile moves. Um, Leroy Sané is literally the only one. Michael Ballack. Messer Ozil, but that's because uh, Messer Ozil, but that's because like. Nobody would really take oh, him. Oh, okay. Anyway. okay, okay. Let's uh, let's keep it down there. I'm an Arsenal fan. You know that. I, I uh, let's just say it's not as good as the wage he commands. I I, I, I we think can you all agree on that. We can all agree on that. And with that being said, I think we should uh, move on to the next segment because I think those were probably the two best games that we could have rounded up on for this week. And let's move on to the second segment, which is. The team and player of the week. So the second segment that we're going to be talking about is our teams and players of the week. 
every week, Mozam and I are going to highlight a team which we think we did really well and highlight one player from this past round of football who we think performed exceptionally. So, Mozam, why don't you take it away with the team and then we're going to discuss what you're talking about. I mean, team, I, I don't think there's any question which team I'm going for. I'm going for Bayern Munich because uh, this game was probably their most important game of the season. It's the team right below them. It was the highest ranked fixture that they could have got. And they passed it. You know, They got the three points and they're now seven points clear at the top of the table and look absolutely in prime position to take another Bundesliga title. So for me, it's, it's Bayern Munich for sure. Um, all right, fine. I get where you're coming from. However, I disagree. I think Bayern's performance does not really resonate that was that was the performance of a champion, you know. Even though they weren't, they definitely didn't hit top gear like they did in other parts of the season, like against Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge. But you know, sometimes you just have to grind through these kind of games. And Bayern have shown that amazing steel in many games so far under Hansi Flick. Their defense has been, you know, the main improvement since they uh, sacked Niko Kovac. That's true, but that's mainly because it's their own fault. They made terrible decisions when it came to building their defense. But I think that in previous Der Classicers, we could have seen a clear winner. We've seen Bayern blow away the, the Dortmund side last year or the year before that. I just feel like Dortmund could have easily won this if they had better. That was a very dangerous... Exactly, Dortmund could have easily won it. And yet, they couldn't even score a goal. So, I, I, that's where I think my... Rationale comes in. Uh, you think you're so smart. Who did who did you go for? Who was your team of the week? My team of the week was PSG Hoffenheim. PSG Hoffenheim beat Köln 3-1 this week. And the reason I think this is so important is because, number one, Hoffenheim lost what I would call basically the best manager in Germany and one of the best <laughs> managers in the world. Uh, somebody who Facts. I think is going to be better than Pep ever was, better than Klopp ever oh, will be, or better than every any manager that I've seen at least in my lifetime. Oh that my god, man. this guy! Yeah. Man. It's a hot take, but I've been studying this, this guy. Yeah, we we've, we've had too many of those, but yeah, okay, fine, let's keep going. And to to go from that manager into someone you signed from your youth team. And still being the top half of the table is a great achievement. And this win puts them only three points below sixth place, which means it is still very possible for them to qualify for Europe. So I would say that this momentum that they can build after this win against Köln might give them the chance of entering Europe, which would be one great for their finances, as well as be great for the club all round. Which is why I think Hoffenheim would be the winners this week. All right. I mean, I'm not even going to act like I know anything about Hoffenheim or Cologne, but you know, it's... I'll take your word for it. You watch quite a bit of German football. Uh, why don't you go with your Player of the Week now? So my Player of the Week is something that I think I'll have to justify it to you for you to understand why I'm going for this. I'm going for Alexander Schuller. So, for those of you who don't know who Alexander Schuller who is, is that? Alexander Schuller is a Freiburg's keeper. This week, Freiburg played Eintracht in what was, according to me, the best game of the week. Because it was really thrilling. There were six goals in the game. It ended 3-3. And 
Alexander... He conceded three goals and he's your player of the week. Yes, because Alexander Schwaller... Guess how many shots he <laughs> hit? This guy, Eintracht, had 34 shots. Oh, Jesus. Out of 16 oh. shots were on target. They spent literally the entire game in Freiburg's half. He was constantly on the wall looking for the ball and considering that Eintracht did not have a set tactic. Throughout the game, we saw that Freiburg attacked through the middle. Eintracht attacked through the middle in the beginning, then changed tactics, started attacking from the wings, crossing in, and then went back to attacking through the middle considering that these tactical switches happened throughout the game. Schwolo was on his feet and defended against 16 shots, made 13 saves and let three goals in. I think that this is brilliant. And considering that even who scored, who are not generous with their ratings, rated Alexander Scholo as 9.2. You need to give this guy credit. All right. I mean, he conceded three goals, but if you say he did as good as he said he did, I'll take your word for it. My player of the week was, you know, it was, I think the blowout shocking performance of the week was uh, Wolfsburg beating Leverkusen at home 4-1. And the star player for Wolfsburg was, you know, far and away Maximilian Arnold. He had two assists and a goal, and his two assists helped. Uh, his tally of the season to get to 10 and his goals to 5. So, you know, he's already got 15 goals or assists this season, which I think is for a team like Wolfsburg. I think he's doing a fantastic job. His set-piece delivery, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for a good set-piece delivery. And this guy, every single season, bangs in two or three free, free kicks. And even in this game, he had a free kick go un- underneath the wall. Deflected, but it was probably going to go in anyway. So I think for me, it's uh, Maximilian Arnold and how he managed to get three really good goal contributions, even though his ball has 30% of the ball, which is shocking, just by the way. I think this is a very exciting squad when it comes to Woodward. This Woodward squad reminds me of the Woodward squad they had when they won the title. And I really think that if this foundation was worked upon, Wolfsburg can go back mm. to being what they were a few years ago. You remember when they played Real Madrid in the semi-final of the Champions League? Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Ronaldo had to come in clutch there. Yeah. So Better than, Me- better than Messi? Huh? Huh? Uh, okay, no, no. Nobody believes that. Nobody who watches this game will. <laughs> so, if you want me to kick you off your own podcast, that is something that you should. Lol. But... Obviously, this I'm just scared that they will end up selling most of their players like these teams usually do. But if they do build on the structure that they have laid out for this team, I'm very excited for where Wolfsburg are going. Yeah, they're pretty solid team. They're doing pretty well. What place are they on in the table? They're right sixth. Now? They're idea? sixth, and Hoffenheim are seventh. Hoffenheim is three points. Oh, okay. Honestly, six isn't six isn't that bad. It's actually quite good for Wolfsburg, considering how bad they were in previous seasons. Yeah, uh, they were bad. really collapsed yeah, for they a bit. Were bad the past two seasons. That's because they basically stole their entire spine when Ronaldo ended up going to Schalke, and then uh, basically they had Bender, a starting striker. Baxter ended up going to. Oh, what a what a time to be alive! Yeah. 
Lord Bentner. Lord Bentner and Bastos. For a lot. But I do All right, that, that was pretty good. Uh, I think we should move on to the third se- section, which is our uh, Young Player Spotlight, where either you or me, we're just going to elaborate on any one young player who we think stood out for this week. So uh, let's get right into it. All right, so after a bit of debate, uh, the player that we've decided to put the spotlight on this week is uh, Bayern Munich left back. You know, some people say he's more of a left mid or right mid, but right now he's excelling as the successor to David Alaba. It's Alfonso Davies. Uh, you want to elaborate more on him? Because uh, as we were speaking uh, between our takes, you were telling me how much you know about him from his time in the MLS. So Alfonso Davies was a Vancouver superstar. So Vancouver has never really been a great team when it comes to, you know, the MLS. But what they have done is that they... They have dominated the youth market because they've bought some players in which have from other clubs who are young and who have made difference or they've made their own players. So in this case, I think that they've uncovered the jewel. I mean, a Canadian player comes to Germany from the MLS and absolutely kills it. That is unheard of. Usually people play in Germany, then end up playing in the MLS and retiring. This guy done it the yeah. other way around. I mean, you've got to hats off to the recruitment team at Bayern Munich to see this guy and what he could do. And hats off to Hansi Flick for playing him at left back. And this guy's speed is unbelievable. Outrunning Erling Haaland is not an easy job. Yeah, I think he clocked in at something like 37 kilometers an hour, which is just frightening. And as Thomas Muller was describing him in an interview that I saw after the game, and he literally just said, he, we just call him the roadrunner. He has yeah. the ball <laughs> and he's, go, he's on his way. And I just think someone this young, he's 19. He's 19. This guy's a year older than us. He's the same age as me, to be fair. That's, yeah, don't tell me that. That just makes me feel depressed. And he's so unbelievably fast, but the guy also has an uncanny defensive ability, which is something that Flick has yeah. seen and hence put him in a role where he uses his defensive ability. And this guy playing there has given so much versatility to the Bayern setup. And this guy, I think, was the main reason that Bayern were able to outrun Dortmund, which is something which is which can be considered next to impossible. So I would say if anybody... Is, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with anything. Because I saying. think that if anybody is getting into Bundesliga for Dortmund, this guy needs to be kept an eye on. He will become a superstar in the coming days. This guy is going to be one of the legends that you see come and play in the defense. Uh, that's you know that's a bit of a contention that's a, a decent bit of contention that comment but you know I, think, gonna, I, 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 I think I think he's an absolute superstar I mean his stats speak for themselves he's got 10 goals and assists this season his dribbling per 90 in the Champions League he puts in 4.8 dribbles 
which is just outrageous for someone playing left back. I mean, you don't see top left wingers just, doing that. And he puts in 3.5 tackles and interceptions per game. He's just got, he's the all-round player. He's got the whole thing. I just don't see anybody except for Andy Robertson, who's having this much of an impact as a left back. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think he has any holes in his game. And at 19, I think he could be an amazing left winger. He could be an amazing... Anywhere down that left, left flank, I think he's, he's Do fantastic. keep in mind that David Alaba could still play there. And David Alaba is an amazing player. Who's been very successfully converted. I wouldn't say converted. He's played there before for his national team. I think he's, he's uh, yeah, Austrian. He's, he's played yeah, he's he, he's played in centre back before, and he's played in central defensive midfielder also. But you know, I think the decision by Hansi Flick to move him into centre back and put Alfonso Davies at left back has been a big reason for their success in the second half of the it's season. It's also because it's you know it saves them from the situation that they were in when Boateng was playing, because as much as we respected yeah. Boateng, you know, in the previous, I don't, I I honestly don't respect Boateng at all. Uh, at all, I, I I think he used to be a decent servant, but now he just doesn't have the recovery, the passing accuracy. He's just lost his physical attributes at this point. Yeah, I think Bayern has maneuvered this really well. So selling Matt Thomas to Dortmund yeah. was an amazing fail. Dortmund were extreme idiots to buy. That was probably the most overpriced move of the summer. Yeah. and using David Alaba to fix that hole. And having people like Benny Pavard, Joshua Zerki, all of these people who they can use to fill in holes, I think that in this case, Bayern's recruitment has done really, really well. That was the end of the podcast. So thank you for listening to the first attempt and the first episode of football first everything else second uh this one had a lot more football i wanted to add something at the end of it but you know we just started rambling on so i thought it's best you know we realized that there's room for improvement and i hope that you know by the response that we're going to get to this podcast that whoever listens to this is you know whoever you are make sure to leave uh criticism because you know that's the only way that we're going to improve this but you know it's a good starting platform Uh, I wanted to put out some content and I think it's important to not be afraid to fail with any first attempt because that only leads to improvement and success in the future so thank you so much for listening and goodbye